on Monday night, Masvidal allegedly punched a man twice in the face outside of <laughs> outside the Poppy Steak restaurant. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. Uh, in Miami Beach, just imagine like you go from fighting in a UFC octagon to the pop in front of the Poppy Steak restaurant. <laughs> um. <laughs> Hey guys, it's Keon, and today I'm going to be talking about the top stories in MMA today. And the biggest one for sure is the continued beef between Kobe Covington and Jorge Masvidal. I'll be honest, I was one of those people who thought this was all contrived. The two were friends behind the scenes after the fight. They were going to hug each other and it was all going to be good. But now we have this happening where Kobe Covington and Jorge Masvidal were allegedly involved in an incident outside of a Miami Beach restaurant on Monday night. And it's not allegedly anymore. It's confirmed. It happened. We'll look at more here. It says, according to a video obtained by TMZ of police at the scene, Covington can be heard saying, Jorge Masvidal's over here swinging, trying to come at me, and I ran. How would he know I'm here? Masvidal said in a video he tweeted, and in which he tagged Covington saying, you talk shit, you got to back it up. That's how my city rolls, man. All right, so that's... <laughs> that happened. That was an alleged incident. But then now we have new news coming out where Jorge Masvidal got arrested for aggravated battery, criminal mischief, charges following alleged assault on Kobe Covington. And if convinced of the current charges, Masvidal could potentially face significant time behind bars with aggravated battery, considered a second degree felony with up to 15 years in prison and or a $10,000 fine. Criminal mischief can also result in jail time and or fines as well. So first of all, 15 years is like the stretch. That's like pretty bad. I don't think it's going to be 15 years. I don't see Jorge going through any jail time for this. Maybe, I don't know. It really depends. I'm not entirely too sure. I could I could maybe see a year or maybe a little bit less than a year, something like that. But overall, what a situation this is. This is an insane situation that is continuing between the both of them, which I thought it was just a joke, not a joke, but just something to sell a fight and this is past the fight at this point and there's nothing to be sold it's just these guys hate each other specifically Jorge hates Kobe Covington and I understand why I get it um what he did was wrong I don't condone anyone sucker punching someone I think that's very dangerous and it could lead to something even worse you know if you hit someone without them knowing they could potentially fall in a bad way and die that's the extent that the situation can get to so that's why I just always say don't get in street fights don't sucker punch anyone on the street it's not worth it and after all Jorge had a scheduled fight with Kobe and for 25 minutes he was unable to do anything I understand that as well he should have done his talking in the cage but I also get the aspect of that he was trying to search for the win more than trying to put down a beat down on Kobe and obviously those two coincide together but Jorge was coming off two losses and he wanted to get a win again again and maybe his mind was saying all right you got to fight smart in order to get the win it doesn't even matter if it's an impressive fashion even though he was talking a lot about oh I'm gonna finish this guy I'm gonna put him in the hospital things like that I know in his mind once he entered the cage he's like I just gotta win I gotta do anything possible to win and if that means fighting a smart fight and not fighting the way that I usually do which will leave me exposed then I gotta do that but as we saw that 
didn't work either. It didn't work for him to fight the smart way if that was what he was trying to do. So personally, most of the blame goes to Jorge on this. He shouldn't have done this. It could have led to something very bad. And now he's suffering the consequences of this where Jorge Masvidal in custody charged with aggravated battery and criminal mischief. Masvidal booked into Turner Knight Correctional Center at 10.27 p.m. local time Wednesday and is being held on a $15,000 bond per online records. According to the arrest report, Masvidal's attorney called Miami Beach Police Wednesday and police instructed Masvidal to surrender. On Monday night, Masvidal allegedly punched a man twice in the face outside of <laughs> outside the poppy steak restaurant. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. Uh, in Miami Beach. Just imagine, like, you go from fighting in a UFC octagon to the pop in front of the poppy steak restaurant. <laughs> um... <laughs> Per an incident report obtained by ESPN, one punch was to the mouth and the other was to the left eye. The report stated that the man punched suffered a broken tooth. According to the arrest report obtained Wednesday night by ESPN, the man said an estimated $15,000 of damage was done to his $90,000 Rolex watch in the incident. Police observed an injury to Masvidal's right hand that required stitches per the report. Yeah, this is just horrible. Like I said, I think Jorge is definitely in the wrong for this but at the same time am i surprised no i'm definitely not surprised that this happened i'm surprised that the storyline is still continuing but with all these reports coming out right now this is expected jorge masvidal has always claimed to be the guy who's from the streets and even kobe covington has trash talked him being from the streets street judas he's a bum from the streets kobe covington knew these things as well so i don't know why people are so appalled by this situation because jorge has carried this brand on him as being someone from the streets throughout his entire career. And this isn't the first time he has assaulted someone outside of the UFC octagon. He did this with Leon Edwards. But people like to overlook that because it plays well in the storyline at the time that he just won his fight. And then he says the three piece and a soda line with that incident. And it's kind of hypocritical in a way where lots of people love that, but people don't love this now. And I get it, very two different scenarios, but in the end of the day, he assaulted a person outside of an MMA cage. So this isn't shocking at all to me. And look, this is a video of Jorge running into the jail. I'll play it again. <laughs> Why did he run like that? <laughs> uh, that was funny. Someone said, love the goblin run. It was a goblin run. And yeah, we shouldn't be surprised by this. Look at this interview that he had with Ariel years back. Really known like in my area of Westchester, Miami, Florida. I'm known I got one of the best sucker punches in the business, you know? Sucker punches? Sucker punches. That's not a good thing to be known for. Hell yeah, it is in the street. It is. If you're, really, if like you're a real street dude, you know that you don't tell somebody, hey, me and you outside. Sure. You might get shot. You might get killed, you know? So you learn to have like a really good sucker punch and a really good 50-yard dash. So the guy's been saying it. He's been saying it for years at this point. He's been speaking like this for years. So why are people shocked that it's happening? And I get it. There's this entire narrative of, oh, he's not even talking about Jorge's kids. Is he specifically talking about Jorge's kids? Not that I have seen or anything, but when you're including his ex-wife into your trash talk, you're including him being a deadbeat dad. You can't be a deadbeat dad without kids. In the end of the day, you need kids to be a deadbeat dad. So 
when people are saying, oh, he's not talking about his kids, he's not saying kids, but he's still in the vicinity of talking about it. And that was enough for Jorge to get upset about it. And a lot of people could disagree with it. A lot of people could be like, oh, that was horrible by him. I'm not impressed. Listen, people from the streets, they don't care about what other people say. You can say all you want about, wow, that's disappointing. I can't believe he would do that. He had 25 minutes in the cage and he chooses to handle it like this. I agree with that. But people like Jorge Masvidal don't care about any of that talk. And a lot of other people from the streets don't care about that talk either. They're still going to do it regardless. So as much as I say Jorge was in the wrong for this, Kobe needs to take into account that his words can affect people in a very bad way. Like I said, this could have been so much worse. He could have been sucker punched, knocked out, and landed in a way where he hits his head on cement and dies. This is what some people do. If you talk shit to the wrong people, like Jorge Masvidal, who is going to take matters into his own hands and doesn't really think about the repercussions of his actions, it could end badly. And then we have Daniel Cormier talking about this entire situation. I didn't see this clip yet, but a lot of people were talking about it. I will tell you today, yes. Kobe Covington is not a street guy. Kobe Covington is a guy that likes to talk and fight. The stick may have crossed the line, and now it's gotten him into a situation that he is not really equipped for. That is why, Ryan, he didn't have anybody in place with him to make sure that it didn't cross the line. Right. But because I know who I am, I always made sure somebody was in there, in that place with me, to make sure that I didn't cross the line, to ensure my safety and, my, and protect everything that I was building. Same thing with you. Understanding where you're from, knowing mm -hmm. that if things go sideways, this is a dude that I know will go and do what he has to do. Absolutely. So you got to have somebody you trust to make sure that you don't go and lose everything that you've worked so hard for. Kobe's not that guy. Kobe's not a guy that is looking to be dealing in street things. He may talk like it. When he says he's the king of Miami, he's talking about he's the best fighter for Miami. And it's hard to argue that right now, considering right. Usman's training in Colorado. Yeah. It's hard to argue that. Yeah, great take. I agree with this 100%. Kobe Covington isn't a street guy, and he doesn't know how people from the streets handle these things. And that was a mistake on his part. He should have people by his side to know that when you talk like this to the wrong people, things like this could happen. I think he underestimated Jorge, thinking that, oh, okay, I beat him in the cage, it's over, fair and square. People from the streets don't care about fair and square. They don't care about the rules, hence why Jorge Masvidal does something like this which a lot of people are like, wow, that's illegal, that's disgusting. He doesn't care. It doesn't matter to him. Because if it did, he'd think about how this could affect his life. But he didn't. He still did it anyways. That's the difference between people who are not from the streets and people who are from the streets. So once again, I think most of the blame goes to Jorge Masvidal in this situation. You're going too far, especially when you had a 25-minute fight to do whatever you wanted to Kobe Covington. But obviously, he's still not happy. And he decided to handle the situation the way that he would if he was in the streets. Like right now, when he was on the Poppy Steakhouse, uh, <laughs> that's how he handled it. And I'm sure all these people are saying, oh, wow, that was despicable by Jorge Masvidal. I can't believe he did that. Jorge doesn't care. People from the streets don't care what other people have to say because whatever's on their mind in one situation, one moment, they're going to go with that, regardless of if it breaks the laws or it doesn't. Jorge even said himself, I'm known for being one of the best sucker punchers. People wouldn't just say that if it wasn't true. And Kobe Covington knew this because he kept talking trash 
about he's street Judas. He's a bum from the streets. Kobe knew, I guess, but he didn't know the extent of how far that could go. And I'm happy he didn't go to an even worse situation. Because like I said, it could have been way worse than him getting injured on the face and having his Rolex damaged. So in the future, yeah, Kobe can continue trash talking, but he has to know sometimes when he says it to the wrong people, it could turn out bad for him. And then we have Khabib posting something on Twitter. People are saying Ali posted this. I probably would agree with that, but I could also see Khabib giving the approval to this message. So he says, if you are stronger than someone inside the octagon, it does not mean that you can insult his children. No one has the right to insult someone's family. Once you have gone down this path, then be ready to back up your words. You were attacked by professional fighter the same as you are, your own size, and you go press charges against him to the police. I think all welterweights should refuse to fight Kobe. Just don't accept fights with him. Let him sit without a fight. It will probably significantly affect him and all fighters who even think of insulting families who is provoking the fighters to look for someone in restaurants to deal with him. I agree and disagree with this. I don't think that fighters should start refusing fights with Kobe. In the end of the day, he didn't do anything wrong. He did his job, came out of it, but the words that he was saying also affect outside life as well. And I think that's where Khabib is coming from, Ali is coming from. And I agree. Once things like family is brought into it, you have gone down this path and you got to back up your words because some people are going to handle it in a non-legal way. But no, I don't think fighters should start ducking Kobe at this point, refusing fights with Kobe. That's not the case because this is a separate thing from MMA entirely, but his trash talk isn't. Because yes, he could use his trash talk to sell fights, but he should also know that it also carries out to the real world. And this is why I think about words hurt more than anything because you have fighters like Jorge Masvidal, Dustin Poirier, who are not happy with all this trash talk. And then you have people saying, wow, they're too sensitive. It's just trash talk. You're calling professional fighters who get hit for a living sensitive? This goes to show how deep words can impact people, regardless if you're someone who doesn't fight at all, or if you're an actual pro fighter. So to wrap this up, Kobe Covington went too far with his trash talking in the sense that he didn't expect how his words can affect him in the real world. But Jorge Masvidal shouldn't have done this. It hurts him, it hurts his career, and it also hurts his family. So both of them are in the wrong. I'm more on the side of Kobe in this, but he also has to take a big lesson from this. And like DC said, he's got to have some protection from now on because he says a lot of crazy stuff. He's getting more popular and this could happen again if he continues going down this path. Let's talk about the next story, and that is Patty Pimblett, who reveals that he made $12,000 to show and $12,000 to win at UFC London, which is insane. This is insane to me, and there's people defending this. Oh, this is the base pay. This is how fighters start off. Patty isn't your regular start-off fighter. That's just what it is. He is already such a huge star in the promotion, and to see that he has only made $24,000 plus a $50,000 win bonus. Bonus, that's insane to me. And what if he 
didn't get that win bonus. He's only making $24,000. And now we are, I don't know if he's going to fight again later in the year, but if it's still a 12,000 to 12,000, that's only $48,000. He's making less than $50,000 in a year. And then we also have to account the taxes that fighters from England have to pay. I heard that somewhere from uh, Molly McCann or um, I think Paddy Pimblett himself. Also have to account that he has to pay his trainers. So 48,000 is just not enough for all of that. And it's insane to me. It's insane how we are in a time where this is still happening, especially when you have the star level of Paddy Pimblett at this point. And a lot of people have been comparing it to Conor McGregor, specifically Ariel Helwani has been comparing it to Conor in that his first fight, he got paid 12,000 and 12,000, like something similar, or maybe a little bit less, but that was nine years ago. And we're still in this ballpark of payment. It's crazy. It's absolutely insane how this is the case and then we have the defense of this is the base pay oh the more he wins then the more his pay goes up and that's not fair that's just not fair that these fighters have no guarantee on their pay they should have like at least a base pay of a hundred thousand dollars a year and for someone like patty after an event like this way more than that he was the unofficial main event of this entire show everyone was excited to see him fight it felt electric when he came out during his walkout i mean minimum he should be getting paid a hundred thousand dollars for this and even that i still think is too low for his star power at this moment so for his pay to be similar to that of conor mcgregor's when conor first started which was nine years ago is insane because the ufc has grown so much since that point they have their espn deal they have that crypto sponsor on all of the fighters gear now they're valued at one billion dollars and they're still paying twelve thousand to show and twelve thousand to win to fighters not just to fighters who have star power but just to regular fighters who are making this much and then they say oh the more you win then your pay is gonna go up what if you don't win because that's a huge possibility sometimes you don't win it's not a guarantee and then you have this over here where nine bonuses for ufc london earned the most post-fight bonuses given in a single event since ufc 269 and the ultimate fighter 9 finale it's like why don't you just give the money to these fighters without bonuses and then you have dana saying things like yeah we gave them a little bit extra just to help them out a little bit more how sketchy is that what kind of backdoor shit is this where yeah we're gonna give bonuses yeah we're gonna give them a little bit more because of that fight it was a great fight just announce it right away from the top and if that was the case then maybe it would be much better and then you wouldn't see payouts like 12k and 12k i don't understand why the ufc isn't open about all the money they're giving to their fighters and they're so secretive about it and they're doing it with bonuses and saying wow we're, we're giving nine bonuses what a night that shows how good of a night it was it's like no give them a base pay these are fighters and some of these fighters need a second job when they're getting paid like this which is insane and then you have the ufc saying yeah we help our athletes with the ufc pi is that supposed to incentivize the fact that you're paying your fighters so low there should already be a ufc pi plus good pay they say these things to make everything seem better wow like we're doing all this for our fighters yeah you're doing all this but where's the pay especially when your company is now valued at one billion dollars i understand that this was the case back in the day when the sport wasn't as popular when the ufc wasn't as popular but the ufc is at an all-time high right now so now you have patty saying i wouldn't take a top 15 fight i'll be honest i wouldn't add some more zeros to my contract and then i will i agree 100 
understand why fight top level opponents when you're getting paid peanuts, especially when you have the argument, oh, the more you win, the better your pay is going to be. There's a good chance he could lose to these top ranked opponents. And then what happens? His pay stays the same and now his value goes down. At least with this, his value goes up because he's winning fights that are, I won't say against cans, but they're easier fights compared to top 15, top 10 fighters. Less of a risk. You get that win bonus because right now, if he doesn't get that win bonus, where is he at? 12,000 to show? <laughs> 12,000 to show. Imagine you just get 12,000 to get the amount of injury that fighters get. It's insane to me. And then you have people saying, wow, 24,000. That's not too bad for five minutes. Like, come on. Are you serious right now? It's not just five minutes. It's months of preparation before that. It's a lot of money going to other people to help for that preparation. So that's why I agree that Patty should take this route of not fighting anyone in the top 15. And that's why I'm happy for fighters like Sean O'Malley, who's doing the same thing. They're not fighting anyone in the top 15 until they're getting paid better. Has he fought anyone in the top 15? Maybe he has in the top 15, but maybe not the top 10. But look, he shouldn't be fighting these top guys until he gets good pay, until he's guaranteed that even with my base pay, I'm secured. Because imagine if Sean goes up against someone in the top 10, like maybe a Dominic Cruz, for example, and he's only getting paid maybe 30,000 to show 30,000 to win. It would make more sense if he had a better contract and he's getting paid 100,000 to show 100,000 to win. Because look, the chances of losing that fight are higher compared to someone outside of the top 15 or in the top 15. Fighters like Patty, fighters like Sean know that there's a chance that they may not win the fight. That's a reality. Anything could happen in MMA. And then you have people saying, oh, they're scared to fight these guys. They know that there's a chance that they could lose. That's the reality. This is the reality of the sport. Anything could happen. And I think when fighters know that, they're smarter about their path as a fighter in the UFC. And we're seeing that with Patty. We've seen that with Sean. We've also seen that with Kamaru Usman as well. Kamaru didn't really fight the biggest names on his rise up because he wasn't getting paid that well. And then once he started getting paid better, he fought Rafael Dos Anjos, Damian Maya. Those are probably the two biggest names he defeated before fighting for the title. And look where he's at now. He took an easy path to the title. Not an easy path, but not the hardest path because he wasn't getting paid enough. And look, he built his resume still. He built his record up, built a nice winning streak with a couple of good names. And now he's making that championship money, that pay-per-view money. This is the way to do it, in my opinion. And I recommend all fighters do that because I get the sentiment of I want to fight the best right away. I want to fight better competition right after and keep moving up. And someone like Conor McGregor did that. But why do that when you're getting paid this amount of money? It's it's a big risk. And sometimes if you take that risk, it's going to work out in your favor big time. But sometimes and most of the time, it's not. Then we have Israel Adesanya saying a guy starting his first fight in the UFC should not be fighting for 12 grand and a win bonus. He should be fighting to make enough to pay their manager to train full time and not to have a second or third job. That's just embarrassing to the UFC that a high level athlete should be doing that. I'm proud of Israel for 
Morris standing up like this because he's at a high position right now. He doesn't have to be talking about these things. And look, talking about these things is dangerous. When you talk about money, Dana doesn't like that. And he's going to find a way to throw Israel under the bus. Look, we've seen it with Islam Makashev talking about, I want $1 million to fight Rafael Dos Anjos. Dana comes back saying, oh, Islam didn't want the fight. He refused the fight. Now he's going to have to fight Benil Dariush instead of getting his immediate title shot like he was going to get originally after that win against Bobby Green. Dana knows how to control the narrative once fighters talk about fighter pay. So for Israel to be doing this right now, huge. Big massive balls on this guy right now. And I wish him all the best and I hope he continues to win because that's the way to evade all of Dana's attacks. If you keep winning, Dana can't do anything. We've seen it with Francis Ngannou. But if a UFC champion is saying these things, multiple UFC champions saying these things, then that's something we have to take into account and listen to, in my opinion. And that also means there needs to be change. But let me know what you think about this entire situation. All right, final story of the day is Tom Aspinall coming off his most recent win against Alexander Volkov at UFC London. Huge win, main event, biggest win to date without a fact. And immediately after, he calls out Tai Tiovasa, which is a huge fight between two up-and-coming heavyweights. And in a way, I kind of don't want to see it because I want both guys to rise up and maybe one day fight against each other for a title. That would be nice, but I also am not opposed to the two fighting each other right now. So there's a video of Tom Aspinall talking about this. I'm going to play it right now. Called out an Australian in Tai Tuivasa. Yes, big fan of Tai. Big shout out, Tai. Is the, is the whole fight, is that whole fight just going to be about beer? Probably. I mean, no, what the whole fight, the reason why I called out Ty is, first of all, I'm a massive fan of his style. Second of all, massive fan of his personality. And uh, the crowd goes wild when he fights. And apparently, the crowd goes wild when I fight. So me and him in the UK, come on, bro, what a good time that would be. Let's line it up. Next UK car, get me a tie on, please. You mentioned you drink beer, but would you do, would, do you do shoeys? Is that something you do? I'm a shoey virgin at the moment, but if Ty wants to do one, I will... Big shout out Ty for doing his thing with the shoey. I started seeing that he's making money off that as well, so respect, man. So yeah, this matchup is definitely one I would look forward to if the UFC books it. I do like what Tom Aspinall is saying that stylistically, it's one that intrigues him. And look, I think Tom Aspinall can say this about anyone in the heavyweight division at this point. Stylistically, I think he is better than most heavyweights right now. Because in my opinion, I think he's the most technical heavyweight at the moment. The other one is probably Stipe Miocic, but Stipe is old now and against someone who's as fast as Tom Aspinall I think I favor Tom Aspinall in that matchup as well and that's why I favor Tom Aspinall against Tai Tiovasa even though I, I really like Tai Tiovasa but the reality is I don't think he's as technical as Tom Aspinall Tom Aspinall can bring the fight down he can lock up submissions and he's also amazing on the feet when Tom made his UFC debut not only did I say he looks like a young Frank Mir but I also said that he could become a UFC champion one day and especially after this win against Alexander Volkov I believe that even more now I think not by the end of this year but maybe early 2023 I see him becoming the UFC heavyweight champion no matter who it's against and I do retract my statement by saying Stipe is the only other fighter who's as technical because I would say John Jones is also very technical as well but it's hard to say with John Jones John is just such a 
hard case to crack because we don't know where he's at in his life right now. We don't know how much he has changed as a fighter. Look, his last two wins haven't been the most impressive or dominant, in my opinion. That Dominic Reyes fight could have very well went to Dominic Reyes. And I'm a big believer that momentum is a huge thing in this sport. And with the momentum that Tom has garnered so far in his run with the UFC, it may sound crazy, but I think I favor him over John as well if those two ever fought. But I truly believe that he's going to become a UFC heavyweight champion one day. If he fights Taiti Avasa before that, I do believe he is going to win against Ty. Because like I said, even though Ty is a very good fighter, most of his offense relies on his one-punch knockout power. And that's the case with most heavyweights right now. But with Tom, he has that one-punch knockout power, but he also has that ground game. And that's what differentiates him from everyone in the top 15 right now. I'm just going to look at the rankings. And oh man, I forgot about Serial Gun. That would be an interesting fight if Tom and him were to fight. I would love to see that. And honestly, I see that matchup happening more compared to Tai Tiovasa because I know that they want to build Tai Tiovasa to a title shot. The UFC wants to do that because Tai is becoming a huge star. And I don't see them pitting him against another rising up and comer where one of those guys could lose. The UFC doesn't want any of those guys to lose right now. So who knows? I could see Tai fighting Surreal or I could also see Tom fighting Surreal at this point as well because I don't think the UFC cares if Surreal loses his next fight. He's not really a big name, but he is big enough for fighters to use as a stepping stone, for up-and-coming fighters to use as a stepping stone. So I see one of those guys fighting Surreal next, but if those two were to fight, Ty and Tom, lovely fight, would definitely tune in, but I have Tom Aspinall winning that one. And yeah, that's all my takes on the biggest stories in MMA today. I hope you enjoyed. I'm definitely going to be doing more videos of this style because I like to talk about multiple topics and let me know what you think about everything. What do you think about the Kobe Covington, Jorge Masvidal beef continuing outside of the cage? What do you think about Patty Pimblett getting paid 12,000 to show and 12,000 to win? And what do you think about a potential matchup with Tom Aspinall and Taiti Ovasa? Let me know in the comments down below. Click the like button, subscribe if you haven't already, and I'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye.